Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com My name is Jason Newland This is Let Me Bore You to Sleep Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes and just like to say a big thank you to Susan. And uh, it's a big shout out there for Susan. And also, hope you're all well. Hope that those of you that have uh, going through some stuff are managing okay. And, you know, sending love to you all. Alright, I should just get on with the... Go on with the recording, whatever it is. Craftwork co-founder died at 74. Craftwork. Was that an 80s band, was it? She's, a, da, 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 she's looking good. Do, 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 do. Was that them that did that one? I don't know. Might not be. So I'm just looking at the... I've got the news on the telly. But it's on mute. That Boris Johnson's on there with his... hair. So, oh man, my PPE equipment arrived, my my balaclava, so I got a black balaclava, and it's not like the old um, SAS slash bank robber, bank balaclava. It's um, it's a bit more trendier. It's it's more like a something that you'd wear under a motorcycle helmet if you had a motorcycle helmet and a motorcycle and a motorcycle license, I guess. And somewhere to store the, the motorcycle. If I had a motorbike around here, it'd just get stolen probably. More's moaning. Oh man. Also got some gloves, and they are—they're quite cool gloves. Now, they're not the ones that are used by nurses or anything. They're not plastic or latex or whatever the, the, you know. Put it this way, if I'm walking along the road, no one's going to think that I'm trying to do a prostate exam on them. You know, they're not that kind of glove. And it's said on the description... There's 12, 12 pairs in the pack. 
I've used one pair today. And as I said, useless for prostate exams. And they're white, so exactly the wrong colour. <laughs> but the then it said on the description that they were for more for people that touch jewellery. Um, not the crown jewels, but but jewellery sort of so that you I guess if you worked in a jeweller's shop you could pick stuff up without marking it or leaving any fingerprints, that kind of stuff. Well, what I realised as I was wearing them is what I really looked like was the person, you know, snooker tournaments and the man, I don't know if he's the referee or the umpire, I don't know what it's called, but he takes the balls out of the pockets and he just cleans the balls with his gloves and puts the ball back on the table. They're the gloves. I think they're the exact same gloves. I mean, not, I'm talking about, they're not the exact same gloves that have been worn by uh, the referees of uh, snooker games on television. But that's what they look like. So, yeah. So I went out today, or yesterday, yesterday. Oh, my table seems so far away. Yesterday I went, so I got the delivery early. And I phoned up the doctor, the doctors, to try and get my prescription changed over. Because the Depakote is, it needs to be changed to the generic sodium alprate or whatever it's called. But again, the doctor didn't answer. It's hard, it's hard getting through to them. And I phoned the chemist and they said, no, it's not been updated yet, but you have got the other prescriptions, the other, you know, bits on there. So I thought, okay, I'll just go and collect them. Then I'll go to Iceland and get some food. Just a bit of stuff. The sandwiches and, you know, uh, some margarine, some bread, some tea cakes. I haven't had any tea cakes for ages. Anyway, I leave off about... It was... I get to the bus stop just before four o'clock and the bus is supposed to be there about four and it didn't get there at four and I was waiting and waiting and waiting and eventually, I think, quarter to five. I don't know. Anyway, it, it turned up eventually. 
or was it half past three? No, that's that's it. I think I got there at half past three. And then the bus didn't turn up till gone half four, something like that. So I was waiting for a long time. And uh, now I got there at 10 o'clock in the morning and I arrived at 11 at night. Yeah, that's about, it was a long, a long wait. And um, I just thought, oh, I didn't know if it was going to turn up. Is it going to come? Is it going to come? Is it? I'm waiting here. The only person there. So I've got my gloves, my little white gloves on. I've got me balaclava on, but I've got it off my head. So it's more like a scarf. And I've got my face uncovered when I'm outside. But I can just pull up the bit over my mouth and nose when sort of I'm near anyone and I've got my headphones on so I'm listening to some music and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting so I've got these gloves on and I've got this it looks like a scarf but it's not but that's just the way it looks when it's not on the head it's thermal which is not ideal on a nice hot day, which it was. And I'm just seeing people walking past with shorts on, T-shirts, basically just enjoying the summer, just walking past me. Not actually past me on my side of the road. But just I'm thinking, hmm... I felt a little bit silly, me standing there, all kind of protected. I mean, you know, I wasn't completely protected. I didn't have everything covered. But, because I wear glasses, my eyes should be covered. I mean, covered? They are covered. They should be protected, you know pretty well it's like when it's windy you know if you don't wear glasses and it's windy you can get bits of sand and stuff in your eyes I don't um, I don't know why I mentioned that it's, that was really boring that was <laughs> that, <laughs> that was even more boring too, too boring for me you know that if it's windy, you get dust in your eyes, but if you wear glasses, you're less likely to. Oh, oh, thanks for that. Wait a minute, let me write that down. That's the, the best information I've ever received. Thank you. Well worth the admission cost. Wow. So, basically I, so I'm there, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, leaning against a, 
whatever it is, I don't know, um, lamp post, and then walking back and checking the bus timetable, just in case it's been changed since I last looked, walked up to the end of the road, realising that if I walk back, if I don't see the bus, it'll just drive right past me, so I'm walking backwards. Hoping that I don't trip up. And then I end up putting my foot in a, it's like almost like a pothole in the pavement. And I start pretending to do stretches. It's either that or fall over. So I'm pretending I was like meaning to do it. And then I go back and I lean against the lamppost again and way around I see people couple of couple walking their dog it looks like they were going to walk down my part of the pavement but decided to make a left instead I saw some people cycling by a couple of people just walking past a young female with a an old, not elderly, but older female walk in and yeah, saw a few people it was quite I'd actually say there's probably no less people out than there would be normally walking around in this weather I might be wrong but it seemed quite you know People seem to be just doing their own thing, as was I. So I'm waiting for the bus, waiting for the bus. Eventually it came. And so I had my headphones on. I pulled my balaclava thing above, over my face. But I didn't put the whole thing on my head. And. Or I might have done. Yeah I think I actually. No I didn't. No I didn't. Because I had my. I had my headphones on. Because I wouldn't be able to listen to the headphones. If I'd have had the hoodie on. It's not a hoodie, but the the balaclava over my head. So I wanted to continue listening to music. So I sit down near the I sit down at the front of the bus because there's nobody on the bus. Well, the bus driver. I mean, that was lucky he he was there. Otherwise, it that'd be the end of the story, really, wouldn't it? And then. I thought, no, I won't sit at the front. I'll sit at the back. In case, because the way I'm figuring it is the buses, the trains, the pavements, they're going to start getting busier. They have done over the last few weeks. More and more people are going out than were before. 
it's just, I think it's the gradual, natural way of things. So there were more people on the bus that did get on, but only a couple. But it's the first, the last couple of times I went on a bus, which was a month ago, I think, three weeks ago. There was no one on the bus. There was just, and every time I saw a bus, didn't see no one on them. And one of the people was on the way to work. So he was going to Sainsbury's. Because he had a Sainsbury's uniform on. Either that or he he wasn't going to Sainsbury's. And he had a Sainsbury's uniform on. But he was getting off just near Sainsbury's. That could be the case. But I'm just putting... I'm assuming. And... So he got on first, and he sat right at the, he sat near the kind of the middle, or near the front-ish. And then another bloke got on, and he sat two seats ahead of me, in front of me, on my side. And in all fairness, I don't think he could have sat anywhere that wasn't near me. It was... Or not, not near me, but he was either he would have been close, closer to the other bloke or closer to me. So what I did is I moved right to the back of the bus on the opposite side. And I made sure I made lots of huffing sounds like <sighs> no, I didn't, I didn't. Um this you know I after paying that money out, I mean, this this PPE stuff, this the the gloves, the balaclava, and the the face masks that haven't come through yet, the clinical surgical face masks that cost me forty pound. So I've invested money in this stuff, so I want to I want to be able to. I don't know, just... Well, if I'm going to wear it, I might as well do everything else as well. It doesn't seem like a point of me putting this stuff on and then just going sitting on his lap. You know what I mean? Just... <laughs> so we got... I got where I was going. It's only a short journey on a bus. It's an hour walking. But it's 10 minutes on the bus. Even less when there's no stops. You know, because hardly anybody... only stopped twice to get for people to get on. Normally, the bus would stop maybe five, six times, seven times. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a, a really quick journey. I went to the chemist... I waved, I got off the bus, there's only one man left and I kind of made sure I turned my back on him just to let him know that he shouldn't sat so close. <laughs> I just, I didn't, do much, didn't want to go anywhere near anybody so I'm just like sliding through, I'm sliding underneath the chairs just trying to avoid anyone. And the bus driver starts to drive off and I said, well, wait, wait. He said, 
who said that? I said, it was me. Then you hear the buzzer. He said, I heard the buzzer, but I can't see anyone. I said, it's me, look. You see my hand, look. He said, what are you doing underneath the chairs? I said, I'm stuck. He said, why did you even attempt to do that? I mean, haven't you just seen your belly? I said, yeah, well, I've seen my belly. I haven't seen anything underneath my belly for years, but I can see my belly. And he laughed. He said, you're talking about your willy? I said, no, my feet. He said, no, you weren't. You weren't talking about your feet at all here. No, you weren't. I said, can you help me, please? So um, he unscrewed all the chairs and got the uh, fire brigade out. So, and so lots of Vaseline and got me out. So that was good. And then I got off and I, I waved my hand. I didn't wave my hand. I mean, I just didn't like grab my hand and start waving it. I just waved with one arm to say goodbye because I had my I had my headphones on, so I I didn't want to be too loud because sometimes if you you know if you're wearing headphones, you're listening to music. Sometimes the the voice your voice can be a bit like really. Thank you very much, Mr. Bus Driver. So that's not always conducive to a calming, relaxing environment. So I got off the bus. There wasn't anyone waiting to get on the bus. So I walk up and I go to cross the road at the zebra crossing. Never called a zebra crossing before, but it's actually called a zebra crossing. But I know that zebra is used in some places. But the correct pronunciation is the correct pronunciation is zebra. Ze, not z. Ze, ze. I don't care. And. I go to cross and there's no there's no cars. There's literally no cars, so I don't even walk all the way to the to the crossing. I just walk across the road to the pharmacy, the chemist pharmacy place. And I go in there and there's a queue. But there can't be more than one, two, three, three people ahead of me. And it's me, so I've got my, I think I've actually got my balaclava up on this time. I took the fen- the headphones out of my head. Well, they weren't inside my head, but I took them off my head. And I've got the balaclava on. And I've got my face covered. And... I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and it looked like they had two members of staff in the pharmacy area and other staff pottering around and the shop was very very quiet there wasn't anyone in there hardly at all but there was a few but not many 
It's only a, it's quite a small shop. So I ended up looking around at things to buy. So I bought, I, I saw something, I thought, you know what? I was basically, I was at the aisle where the baby stuff was. There's, you know, like baby's milk and all the kinds of stuff that I know very little about. And I don't even think that stuff existed when I was a kid. I think it was either tit, tit or cow milk, I think that was it didn't have, I don't think they had formula in, in 1970. Tit or cow. Um, I do wonder if I was breastfed. I don't think I was. My mum my liked me as a friend. Oh dear. And she, yeah, I don't know, it's not, I can't remember. Should have been more pictures took of me when I was a baby. I don't mean necessarily doing that, but <laughs> that'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Stick that on Facebook. Here's a here's a baby photo of me. Just try to ignore the breast <laughs> in my mouth. Just you know, I'm a baby though. Look, it's natural. It's feeding. I'm feeding. It's food. There's nothing wrong with this picture. Forget the fact that I'm smiling, just, just. <laughs> and I'm holding one thumb up. <laughs> not f not up anything, just like in the air. Just like, yee, like the Fonzie. Yeah. Um, I distracted myself then. What was I talking about? Yeah, so I'm waiting. I'm waiting, and uh, what I see, and I get very excited about this, very excited, what I see is a box that looks very, very familiar to me, very familiar, and it's, uh, it's a tall box, not tall, tall, but I don't know what the what's the correct shape. Anyway, it's a thing, and I've got it in my hand now. Well, I have now. I didn't before, but now I have. I need two hands to hold it. Really, <laughs> really. Uh, sounds like I'm showing off, but it's called Farley's Rusks, and. Golden baked goodness, reduced sugar. Now that's wrong. I don't think any of that's. I suppose mm, no reduced sugar. If I'd have seen that on it, I wouldn't have bought it. I don't buy reduced sugar anything. Like Alpen, like I love Alpen breakfast cereal. There's a few breakfast cereals that I love. Golden nuggets. You know, going back right away, back to childhood, golden nuggets, uh, cornflakes, 
Alpen. Alpen's more... It's not a childhood breakfast. I'm not saying that children aren't allowed to eat it. I, mean, I don't think there's any laws on that one. Uh, but I think I never had it as a child. But as an adult, when I was in my... Yeah, sort of teens, late teens, 20s, 30s, for, you know, right the way through. I used to have Alpen. And the original Alpen with the brown box. Or was it the red box? Or was it red and brown? Or was it beige? Is beige is kind of yellowy brown, isn't it? Um, pale. But the original Alpen, love it. But it didn't used to be called original Alpen, it just used to be called Alpen. And then they came up with reduced sugar or reduced salt and all that stuff. And I got very annoyed, very upset with that. Because it didn't it didn't taste the same. And I used to like it because Alpen you put it in and you soak the milk in. And I'm just thinking going back to a few times that I used to like to eat Alpen. There was one time when I was working doing night shift in a meter factory. I was actually living at my dad's at the time. I was just living there temporarily. And well, everything's temporary, isn't it? But you know what I mean. I was staying there and that was a good time because he was hardly ever there. I was working nights. He had a girlfriend who he's been married to for about 100 years. And so he was at her place at weekends, or most weekends. And he was at work when I was awake. And I was at work when he was asleep. And that doesn't make sense, does it? But we had two opposite shifts. So I'd work at night, he'd work during the day. So we kind of see each other now and then, but that was it really. And I get home, I finish my job at six in the morning. I get home by about, yeah, half six. And I'd have an orange juice and a bowl of Alpen. And the good thing with Alpen is you can eat it straight away. I mean, not without milk. It's basically dust, you know, if you don't have milk. But if you put milk in, it's nice. But if you let it soak, it just becomes nicer. And then it gets to a point where it turns to glue. So, you know, there's a fine line. 
you can build a house <laughs> you could literally do some bricklaying with the stuff you know you can't get it if you if you don't soak the bowl or like wash the bowl up straight away after having your breakfast you have to soak it otherwise you're not going to be able to get that breakfast off you just have to chuck the plate away or the dish it's just honestly it's worse it's worse than porridge for that so I used to have my Alpen my orange juice and then I'd go to bed so I'd have my breakfast before going to bed which might sound a bit weird but probably not compared to anything else that I've said in the past and then I had these thick glass um, I think I had a blanket over the window, over the curtains to sort of black out the room. Now I don't need that now. I can sleep during the day, doesn't matter how bright it is, doesn't matter if the window's open, it's sunny, I can sleep easily during the day. So I have no problems with that. Back then I couldn't. I had to have complete silence and had to have complete darkness. Not now. I'm just... I'm never, I'm never more than about 10 minutes away from being asleep. Sleeping's easy. I just... Oh. During the daytime. much I find it easier during the daytime. It's just me. So that's... That was the, I think that was the first night shift job I'd ever had. And it's then that I realised that nights are good for me. It suits me as a person. Being awake, I mean it's, what time is it now? It's 3.58 in the morning. Nearly four o'clock in the morning and I'm, this is my, this is my time. It's brilliant. There's no one around. It's quiet. Even Andre's asleep, surprisingly. I can hear him going, in other words, Daddy, shut up. Will you shut up? I'm trying to sleep. I've got his cage out of the storage room and it's in the corner of the room here and I decided that for a couple of reasons I decided to bring it out because him scratching at the door in here has prevented me from making any deep sleep whisper recordings or any relaxation recordings that or the sleep hypnosis weekly because even if he does stay asleep for that period of time, I'm still wondering if he's going to wake up and it's a little bit distracting. So what I did today, I got out the cage out. I'd already cleaned and tidied it up a couple of weeks ago. But I don't want to put him into the storage room. It just doesn't, I just, I've, I've, been, I've been locked in a cupboard in the past, I don't, didn't like it and I don't think he 
he should either. I don't want to. I don't want to lock him in a cupboard, or put him in a cupboard. I just, even though it's a fairly big room, it's not a big room, but it's for storage. It is, but it's full. It's full of stuff. And my little Andre is not storage, is he? He's not. He's not something to be stored. He's not a box. He's not just like something. I don't, that's unimportant, he's the most important. So what I've done is I've brought the cage out. It's in the corner, near the TV, but not in the way of the TV. It's near the punch bag, but again, not in the way of the punch bag. Actually, it fits there perfectly. I don't know why I didn't think of it before. I did, I just didn't do it. I just... I've been thinking about it for weeks. I just didn't, couldn't be bothered. And it's also the other side of the room. Nowhere near the door. The other side of the room, which means the other side of the wall is the garden shed. So basically... What I did, I tested it out, I put him in there. He weren't happy and he didn't want to be in there. So he was rattling, rattling the cage and everything. I closed the living room door. I left the light on. Not that that would affect him, he don't care about that. He, I think he's, he sees better in the dark anyway. But it doesn't really make sense, does it? But he, I left the light on anyway. I closed the living room door, I closed the kitchen door, I closed the bedroom door, and I didn't even go into the the shed, I just sat on my bed, and I made a deep sleep whisper recording, which lasted about 20 minutes. And although I could faintly, really only faintly hear a little activity, it didn't seem to register on the recording. Now, I've no doubt that if he really wanted to, he could cause a fuss. You know, he has done in the past that he could really rattle that cage. In fact, he can get out if he wants to. He's an escape artist. If he wants to get out, he'll just rip through it or bite through the, through the bars if he really wants to. He did it with the other cage I had. When he was a baby, he actually ripped. He bit around. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He was scratching at the dark. He was in the storage room in this cage, which was pretty much the size of a cage for a rabbit. And there was scratching at the door of the storage room. I'm like, what's going on? That's weird. And it's him. He's escaped. He basically ripped open the bars, ripped them apart. And they were metal bars. Not metal as in prison bars. Not really thick like that, because obviously it's a ferret. He just 
walk through, wouldn't he? Because this little... He destroyed the cage. He ripped all the wood off. And he just... Honestly. And that's when he was a baby. Imagine what he could do now. He's escaped through there before. From the cage. So what he does... He's only got to push one lever through. And because there's just... You know, it's hard to explain really. Well, it's probably not hard, but I can't be bothered. But there's a lever on either side of the door that closes. If he pushes one, he can get through, he can get out. And he has escaped a few times. But that's in the past, although, you know, most things are really, aren't they? And at least 72% of things are in the past. And he, he hasn't been in the cage for absolutely ages. But he was in there. And I managed to do the recording and it felt so nice. I felt relaxed. And I could just do the recording. I just. It was nice. And because. And again I'm not showing off. Or any bragging or anything when I say this. But I've got different audiences. I've got different people that like different things. So i got those that like the let me bore you to sleep. And I get quite a few people that let me know that. Uh, plus the stats as well, but don't mention the bloody stats, Jason. Stop going on about the stats. Sorry, sorry. And the recently, I've had quite I've had a few people tell me how much they they love the deep sleep whisper ones. So that's a different audience. I'm, there's, there's a crossover I know there's some people like but maybe all the things I do I don't know but there's a crossover but then there's those that really love the or really really like the the relaxation for stress podcast which means for me and I had a conversation with someone today have a conversation with someone a few people over the last week telling me what they like, what they like to listen to. And usually I hear the most feedback I generally get, generally, is for the Let Me Bore You to Sleep. So it's nice to get feedback for the deep sleep ones and the relaxation for stress and the sleep weekly ones so I need to start putting a bit more focus and attention on those as well which I was a few weeks back but then I had my little brain fart and deleted lots of stuff and deleted you know 99% of the website was deleted, so I had to sort of rebuild it all up again, which I have nearly done. I've got all of the Deep Sleep Whisper ones on there, including the latest one today. 
on my website, the Sleep, uh, Sleep Weekly and the Relaxation for Stress. And at this moment, I've got 371 uh, recordings of the Let Me Bore You to Sleep. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're all available to download for free. So I'm literally 20, I've got 20 left to do. So I'll do that before I go to bed. Which is, it's nice. But that's, that'll be done. But it's only partly what's done. I've still got, there's a lot more to do. But at least that's the, probably the most important part. And then I'll start embedding the, the recordings into there. And just to let you know that all my podcasts, you can listen to them ad-free on continuous play. They're in the menu of the website. So if it's this one or it's the Sleep Hypnosis Weekly or the Deep Sleep Whisper, you can just press on it and it's press on that that page and there's a playlist and you can it just streams continuously from the top or you can choose an individual recording but all, all of them are on there and you can also download bulk bulk downloads of all of the old stuff that I did as well the different courses and blah 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 another memory of uh, Alpen was when I lived in that room it was upstairs in this is in Stratford East London and it was weird I've never lived anywhere like that before although I lived there for I lived there from January 1991 until probably May June 1994 and uh, yeah it was weird the thing is I kind of fell out with my landlady a couple of things happened is she, we had someone move in there and I got on really well with him. And he was uh, probably about the same age as me. And he was a really, really nice man, you know. We was, and we used to stand outside smoking and just have a chat and just have a laugh. He's funny. You know, we used to, and he was in the next room to me because there was only two rooms upstairs. And I come home one day from work and he's standing on the pavement with all his belongings like black bags and stuff like that I said what are you doing he said uh, it's waiting for me brother I said yeah because his brother used to visit him regularly. 
and I said, yeah, what were you doing? Why is all your stuff on the on the pavement? And he said, oh, he said he explained it to me. He basically had um, a seizure in the kitchen, had an epileptic fit in the kitchen, and my landlady kicked him out because of it. Like said, get out now. Not right as it was happening, but afterwards. It freaked her out, which was fair enough. I've seen I've seen them and it is scary stuff, but she I mean, you wouldn't be allowed to kick someone out there and then this these days. But she literally just kicked him out and said, I want you out right now. So I kinda didn't like her anymore after that. A bit. Kind of, you know, wasn't a big fan. And then she asked me to chuck a brick through. <laughs> this doesn't even see, sound real, does it? She asked. <laughs> she asked me to chuck a brick through the children's home that was next door to where we lived, because the children were being too noisy or something in the in the the. The road outside because it was a cul-de-sac she actually asked me to chuck a brick through the window I mean not joking just genuinely wanted me to do that and I said no and then she asked her gardener to do it because she had to use someone who used to come in once a week to the garden because she was disabled so she couldn't really get around and she she had to someone come and do the garden and she asked him to do it and he said no so she sacked him I think she was shouting him and stuff and it's like nah you could at least do that I'm like uh huh And then she sent me to the vets with her cat to have the cat put down, but she didn't tell me that that was the reason that I was taking the cat to the vets. And there was nothing wrong with the cat that couldn't be dealt with, like medication and stuff. So a few little things kind of started not really, and she'd ran and rave, and it was weird. It was, um, had some issues. When I first moved in there, I got on really well with her. And I was, what, 20, and she was 152, I think, back then. And... I just, you know, I got on okay with her. And then this man moved in and became her bestest friend in the whole wide world. And he started trying to give me a hard time. And just, they kind of started ganging up on me a little bit. It's like, oh, I don't like this. So I'd had enough. So what I did is I decided to move out and just 
not give her any notice because the same way she didn't with my friend and I went and stayed with my friend Kev I just moved out but what I did and this I'm not proud of this bit but this is what I did because I was a proper coward I was a bit scared of her really and uh, I moved all my all my belongings I put them into black bags and I I phoned a taxi from her phone we didn't have mobile phones back then or I might have gone around to the phone box and thought the phone for a caps no I probably didn't do that I probably did it from her phone I waited till she was on the toilet to do this. Again, this might sound a bit weird, but I was, I was, I was only young. I was only 38 at the time. And, well, I wasn't, I was 23, 23. Still not really an excuse, but it's not really that young, is it? At 23, I think my nan had had a 14 children by then. And I just... I knew she was going to be a while. And I didn't... Uh, it was a little bit like a bank job, you know, where they're like... Um, or when someone's trying to escape from prison or they're about to rob an art gallery and they they, cl- they click and count how many steps a security guard takes to get to do their parole or their patrol, you know, around the security guard going through the different... Uh, gallery like the paintings and the statues and the the I don't know the shop where they sell stuff and so okay well it takes 15 minutes so that's how long we've got to get in and steal that thing it was a little bit like that except it was her on a toilet so (laughs) I can't count how many toilet, toilet roll. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just knew I kind of get had an idea that she'd be there for a while. I mean, maybe the prune juice that I gave her helped, but no, I didn't give her prune juice. So I literally, in the time in the time it took her to go to the toilet. I packed up all of my belongings into black bags, moved them all outside, and I had hundreds of books at this point as well. It was mainly books, and the rest were just some clothes, and that was it, and bedding, I guess. I didn't have any furniture, or I didn't own anything like that. A few not CDs, a few tapes. CDs, didn't have CDs back then. I, I didn't have CDs back then. And I moved all the stuff outside, phoned for a taxi, and then waited for the taxi. Packed all the stuff up. This was in the evening as well. 
and I drove around my friends and I said, uh, that's when it dawned on me because I got out of the taxi, took all the stuff and put it near my, fr my friend's front door. And then I thought, what if he doesn't let me stay here? And what if this is the wrong house? You know, it's always a chance. I don't feel I've ever been this sober before, so I'm, I'm just kind of like, oh, I hope this is the right place. Let's have a little drink. And he opened the door looked at me and my 12 bags of, my 12 bin, black bin bags. And I can honestly say, and I've known him for quite a while, I've known him for, well, I've known him since 91, so what, 2001, 2011, 2021. So yeah, 29 years I've known him. I can honestly say it's not the happiest I've ever seen him. <laughs> the expression on his face when he saw me with my 14 bags of uh, belongings. And I remember him saying, Why, why have you got 18 bags, black bags with you on the floor? I said, well, I've moved out. Can I come and live with you? And I'm guessing, but I think I might have put him under a little bit of pressure. And it's very, you know, a bit I must have I must have been given the impression that he he liked the idea of me living there but we talked about it afterwards and even like years later and neither of us could come up with um, a scenario where that was even discussed you know neither of us could come up with a how how did I come up with the idea that he wanted me to move in? But move in I did. And there was a, a room downstairs, because that's where Andre used to sleep. But he moved in with someone else, with another friend, who I eventually moved into that place. And I ended up sleeping in Andre's bed again. That's weird, that, isn't it? So I slept in Andre's bed after he moved out. And then when I moved to the other place, Andre got kicked out of his bed because he wasn't paying any rent to live there. So he slept on the sofa downstairs. I was paying rent, so I was given a bedroom. Well, I didn't kick him out of his bedroom, but, you know, so basically I slept in two of Andre's beds or three if you include the one in Ireland 
but that was only no that wasn't actually his bed that was his sister's bed when I first moved to Ireland we stayed with his sister overnight and me and him stayed in the bed together he was trying to wrestle me which I found a bit weird I remember him saying I thought this is strange I said to him Andre what's up with all this wrestling stuff I would just make love <laughs> no I didn't I said what are you doing and he said wrestle me or I'll take my socks off and I said okay do anything you want just don't take your socks off stinkiest feet in the world but yeah that was weird so but it was it gives my best friends I didn't care it was quiet I'm not one to really sleep with anybody. I don't generally don't feel very comfortable. It take a lot of getting used to to sleep with someone. There's been a couple of people that I liked sleeping with, like girlfriends. There was someone 95 who very much liked sleeping with. I'm talking about sleeping. I felt very comfortable with her. Um, there was another 1996 a girlfriend these are both two though my actual girlfriends at different times and I liked her because she was very quiet when she slept and she and she slept soundly like really and it's just yeah something perfect about her when she was asleep when I wasn't being told off <laughs> who else anyway I'm not going to go through different people but the last person I was with was lovely I couldn't get no sleep I was honestly it was the heat that was coming out of my body was ridiculous. I've never known anything like it. I was absolutely burning up. I wasn't ill. I was just... Honestly, never... It felt like there was a radiator underneath the bed on full heat. That's what it felt like. So I was laying there, completely naked, with the windows open, trying to cool off. Never, well, I might have experienced that before, but I don't remember. But I used to have... Uh... I used to have Alpen in this place, the, the place that I used to live um, before I moved out. When my landlady was on the toilet. Sounds bad really, doesn't it? But I didn't, didn't mean it in a... For me, from my perspective, it was just cowardice. I'll, I'll agree, I'll admit to that. 
I was scared. I mean, because she just, I didn't know what she would do. She'd be very, very aggressive. <laughs> so I just ran for it. But I had to get out of there just to... Uh, I had a dream that I visited her. And I actually did call her to see how she was. And she started shouting at me down the phone. So I thought, oh. I kind of called to apologise. I'm sorry that I left it that way. But I, was, I think I wasn't in a good state. Like my brain was a bit weird at the time as well. And I just sort of... Uh, It's not something that I would normally do, although I have done it many times before. <laughs> but usually, yeah, I have. I've left places before. I got used to it, I think, up to that point. So especially in my teens, from sort of 17, 16 onwards, I was able to pack up my stuff in about 15 minutes and be out of a place, move out. I was always ready to move, and even if it meant leaving stuff, I've left. Even when I moved here, it was really weird, and I don't know why I did it. Not why I moved here, but this was an opportunity of a lifetime. That's what I thought, and Even though I had booked a delivery lorry, not a big lorry, but, you know, a van, a big van to help me to move, I still ended up giving my stuff away before moving. So I had an electric guitar. It wasn't expensive. One is probably... Hundred pound or something, but I gave it to one of my neighbours. My punch bag, which was a stand-up punch bag, I, I think I just trashed it. Why didn't I bring it with me? Why didn't I bring the guitar with me? It's like I had a delivery van coming. I could have brought all this. I had weights that I chucked out. So I've ended up buying another punch bag and rebuying the weights. You know, a few years back, that was. It's a different punch bag. This one's on the wall rather than a stand-up one. A stand-up one would be no good in here because it would just rattle the floor. I could probably have it outside. Or, you know, something would even drag it to the park, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Which would be a bit weird. But it's really, yeah. But now I kind of think... I'm not going to have to do that again. 
and I won't do that again. I'm not going to pack all my stuff up in a black bag or a few black bags and run off because there's nowhere else to go now. This is, yeah, in some ways, I suppose it feels quite nice because this whole place is built around these recordings that I do. It's built around Andre. You know, I've got things that I like, like my punch bag and... I don't know, I just like my punch bag. I like punching it. <laughs> it's quite quite handy for that. And I've got space and I'm not staying in the same room as my bed. Like I did for so many years. It's like always... You know, it's, I don't go into the bedroom unless I'm going to sleep. Or if I'm going to make a recording, or of course I've got my shed. I'm going to be using that more in the future as well. Uh, to make recordings. So it's kind of... It's sort of worked out really. It's working out okay. Over time, over time, over time. But the Alpen, it just, they started making it, not only did they make it low sugar, but the supermarkets, well, the ones that I use, stopped selling the original Alpen and only sell, I think it's got a red, red, cover and brown and maybe a bit of white but the Alpen lower sugar has got blue sort of like a blue cover don't like it doesn't taste the same doesn't become as soggy with the with the milk as the original So no, I don't, don't, I'll only buy the original. So I wouldn't have bought these Farley's Rusks had I known that they were low sugar. But the reason I bought them is because my nan, my grandmother, used to give me Farley's Rusks. Like when I was an older child, even a teenager. And I loved them. And I've eaten them as an adult as well. It's very rare. Yeah, I'm not always eating Farley's Rusks. But there's part of me thinks, you know what? If they're good for babies, then they've got to be good for adults. Because you don't feed babies crap. We don't, you know, we're very careful what we feed little babies, aren't we? generally try to feed them nutritious food, food that's good for them. So I might start eating baby food. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, judge me when you like. Actually, I might start eating baby food. Maybe that's the, that's the secret. The bodybuilders eat baby food. Because they have to eat all the time, literally every hour or so. 
They're eating something. But they're also training. So maybe I'll do that, start eating baby food. Just don't do any training. Ah. And then, as I was in the, the, the pharmacy, moved along a little bit as the, the queue decided, you know, reduced a little bit, slightly. I got to the next aisle and I saw some tissues, you know, um, you know, for emptying snot out of your nose, the tissue tissues. And I've not bought any of those for years and years and years. And they're the double pack. And I thought, you know what? I treat myself. So I did, I got some of those. And then I saw at the bottom of the shelf, the bottom shelf on the right hand side, some toilet wipes, that sort of, um, you know, the moist toilet paper wipe things. So I got four packs of them. They were a pound each. So then I'm holding this stuff and they start falling out of my hands onto the floor. Uh, anyway, I eventually I get my prescription, I pay for it, I pay and I pay for the the items I've got. And then I get out and I take me hat off. And I'm just walking. There's not a lot, there's hardly any cars in the car park. I walk towards Iceland. There's no one there at all. In this the doors are closed. Normally they're open, but this but just as I'm walking up, two cars pull up and two people get out. So I walk a bit faster, so I'm in front of the second person. But there's one lady there. But the door's closed, it's locked. And then one of this the shop assistant came out and she said Oh, it's NHS staff only. And this was about quarter past five. Twenty past five, something like that. And the shop's supposed to be open till eight. And the NHS staff is the last hour. It's supposed to be like between seven and eight or something. So I shout a few things. <laughs> I get a little bit angry and I just storm off in a huff. So it's like another wasted journey, you know, and go back and wait for the bus. Luckily, I don't have to wait more than about 15 minutes. The bus turns up. So I put me full balaclava on because there are people on the bus. There's probably five or six people on the bus all sitting down so I stand right at the, t at the front and I stand up for the whole journey me and my little white gloves and then as the bus pulls up 
you know, it's all turning around as it goes to the bus, just goes past the bus part, bus stop before mine. I press the buzzer and then I, then I walk and I stand right near, not near the bus driver, but near, near, you know, near the entrance. So, you know, I couldn't be, the bus driver would have seen me standing there. And he goes to slow down, I'm thinking, oh good. And he carries on. And I said, oi. I pressed the buzzer. So he pulls the bus up. He said, I didn't hear it. I said, I definitely pressed it. And he said, oh. And he, said, and he opened the doors and I said, thanks. Oh, I've never been so angry. And um, he said, if you're going to take those 16 black bags with you? I said, no, it's all right, you can leave them there. So I get off the bus, walk, walk through the park. Not one person around, which is nice. I take the balaclava off my head, but I still have it available to put over my face if I need but I don't need that there's no one around I walk back I've got a little bit of shopping you know it's basically the stuff from the from the pharmacy and then get home Andre's still asleep at least he was still asleep I think he, I think he came to investigate my bag. Then I unpacked that. He wanted to go out for a walk, but I didn't. Not till a little bit later on. And I just, I needed, what I needed more than anything in the whole wide world was to lay down. to relax, needed to, really needed to relax. After all that, it was just, I know it don't sound like much, but for me it was, it was a real, oh. So I lay down and I cuddle up, Andre comes onto the bed and has a little bit of a play with him, sort of cuddle him a bit and he bites me a little bit and then he goes to sleep near my legs. And I think I turn over and I kick him by accident and he gets off the bed swearing at me and he runs off. Something about, I can't believe I can't find anywhere to sleep. Yeah, Andre, you've got about 15 different places to sleep. I've only got one. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking in my head. And I fall asleep. And when I wake up, I feel good. I feel, I suppose I feel like I've accomplished something. I get my perspective about the whole supermarket thing. (laughs) 
just I didn't have a go at anyone I just I was just and just it was annoying because I'd put off going there for weeks I've not been to the supermarket for probably a month been getting everything even bought stuff from Amazon paying over the odds going to the local shop to the garage just and then when I did finally build up the courage to go into the supermarket I wasn't allowed in it's uh, it is what it is what it is what it is So I would if it, it, I wouldn't have gone there at seven o'clock because I know that the last hour is reserved. So they must be closing at six, I guess. They must have just changed their closing times. But part of the reason for that, I think, is because the supermarkets have made so much damn money. So much, especially with all the deliveries. There's guaranteed, I would say, every, all the major supermarkets have made more money this year than of any other year in the history of their existence. Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Asda bet you anything that they've made more money than they've ever made ever just in that month period where everyone was buying lots of stuff it was like Christmas it was like Christmas Eve every day for about a month and it slowed down a lot less people going into the places but there's still they bought a hell of a lot and every single delivery slot and click and collect slot is gone. They've made so much money. Bless them. Yet they didn't want my money. My money was not good enough for them. They did not want mine. I couldn't get any deliveries. I'll start crying in a minute. No, I'm not. So I woke up. <clears throat> My voice is going. And um, that's better. And I woke up and I felt in a good mood. It's. And I have been ever since. So that was I went to sleep about seven. So I got home about six, just after six o'clock. Went to bed at seven, got up about half eight. And the whole time since half eight I've been in a good mood. What's that? 
That's eight hours. That's pretty good going for me. So, yeah. Plus, I've nearly finished the the whole um, the website uploading the recordings. It's nearly done. So I'm nearly updated on that. So that feels quite nice. See, that's groovy stuff. And also I had a really lovely conversation with someone earlier on. And someone that listens to my recordings also is a, um, one of my biggest supporters as well. So yeah, it's this, yeah, it's, apart from the first part of the day, it's been good. Um, technically, technically, it's a result as far as I've now got my medication, not all of it, but I've got um, a fair bit of my medication. Three out of four. And I've also got a few little bits as well that, from the chemist as well. So like the toilet wipes and the um, tissues. Yeah, that's not very exciting stuff, is it? But at least I did it. At least I went to the supermarket, even though I kind of mistimed it. I think the annoying thing was for me is I'm pretty good with timing when it comes to, uh, you know, I, I actually check online what time shops close and open and stuff like that. I don't just turn up with the hope that it'll be open. I you know, do a little bit of research first. So, but I think the thing with Iceland is the the owner of Iceland's a maverick. He's pretty much, he's this Irish man. That's not, well, nothing to do with where he's from, but he does what the hell he likes, says whatever he likes. And he's a billionaire, so he kind of does not care. His son now runs it, but he still owns it. He's, you know, he's, he's, um, is it O'Leary or I don't know, but it's a bit like the bloke who runs the uh, Ryanair. Another one of like very similar character, does not care, very very uh, outspoken maverick, sort of a maverick, maverick person. So I guess with Iceland, he's just going to do whatever he wants. So he'll just open and just close the stores as he pleases, I guess. But then I suppose you can, can't you? If it's, if it's, your, sh if it's your shop, you can do what you want. doesn't work for me but it's you know I think uh, if you've got opening times you stick to them but 
I think I'm, I'm quite, I think I'm just a bit of a stickler. I'm a little, I'm a little stickler, stickler. I like, I like to, it's weird because in some ways I can't stand being told what to do. But in other situations, I really like to abide by the rules. Isn't it weird? What a weird kind of... I think it's... I think everyone should... Like with, you know, current situations, you know, I think everybody should do the same. Because then it's otherwise it's not fair on others. You know, I see people that are going from house to house around where I live. They're going from house to house, and I don't I don't feel sorry for myself, but I feel sorry for my dad and my stepmom because. They can't see their grandchildren who, and for my dad, they're, they're the joy of his life. That, that's everything to him. His grandchildren are everything to him. And one of his grandchildren, a little girl, she actually lives around the corner. It's less than 10 minutes walk probably less than it, maybe seven minutes walk to their house. But he's not allowed to go around there and they're not allowed to come around his. But I see people doing that here. And it just, for me, it doesn't upset me, for me. It just I'm thinking of people in his, my, my dad's situation and just like, yeah, he should make sure he doesn't have anyone go there because he's got a history of chest problems. Um, just like my nan did, like had chest infections and, you know, it's, he's... It's weird. When my, my dad went to Russia about... It's a long time ago, probably about seven, seven years, and he got a chest infection. He ended up in hospital... But his insurance didn't cover it. His travel insurance didn't cover it. They wouldn't let him leave until he paid the bill. So he had to pay, you know, a few thousand pounds out of his own money. Um, part of this might be wrong. I might be making it up. But excuse me for the sake of the story. Just imagine it was a hundred thousand pounds, ten million pounds. And he had to pay it out of his own cash and then try and get it back on the insurance afterwards. It's, uh, so yeah, I don't... Plus he's, I think he's 74 now. But he's a fit 74. But everyone's fit until they're not, aren't they? Everyone's healthy till they're not. So... Yeah, you know, my I don't again. I don't want to talk about this stuff. I try. I like these recordings to be a little bit of a break from all that stuff, and they are generally. But and I know this. It's probably not anyone 
still listening at this point. It's an hour and a half. But if there is, you know, I really do send love out to you all. Um, there's a lot of love out there. There's a lot of people that do care about each other. And... Yeah, just keep going. That's kind of all I can say on that. Just keep going. This is temporary. Just like this recording. And I've got so much more to tell you. I've had an action-packed day. I went to the toilet. Um, I went to the garage and got some stuff as well, but... There's not enough time to tell you that, so I'll have to tell you that another time. But um, I phoned my my parents up to see how they were. But it's it's kind of a a boring conversation in a sense of there's nothing to talk about. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. What's happened? Well, nothing's happened. If you want to know what's happened, watch the news. I mean, there's nothing. Plus, they're not interested in anything that I do. But then I'm not interested in anything they do. So it's not not in a horrible way, just because they're grandparents and they're all about the grandchildren and stuff like that. And I'm all about this. Andre and this, what I'm doing here. The making recordings and a website and podcasts. And Andre, that's my life. And so, yeah, I suppose I can't talk to them about this because zero interest from them. Trust me, I've tried. Was it 14 years? I've, <laughs> I've tried to, and I feel the only response I ever got pretty much from most of the family was, why aren't you making any money? You know, sort of in the past, maybe 10 years ago, um, even 12 years ago, I remember saying, I've had 100,000 downloads of my podcast, which I did, this was a podcast back in 2008. And the first, the other thing is, well, how much money have you made? Nothing. If you made one pound for each one, and it's like you know how much more money you'd have made and my response is always yeah I do I, I can I can do that maths I can that kind of maths is easy you know one time something is quite easy to you know so you've got a hundred thousand imagine if you got a pound yeah, would that be 83 pence? You know, it's, no, I can work it out. And I suppose part of the reason, part of the reason I kind of stuck to the free aspect is because There's, there's a part of me that rebels when I'm told nothing is free. 
no one does anything through kindness. It's always an ulterior motive. Everybody wants something from someone else. And I, I kind of wanted to prove that that's not true, even though I think deep down we all know that that's not true. And again, I'm not comparing myself to Mother Teresa. Okay, I'm just saying this, but she wasn't after money, was she? Yeah, even someone like Princess Diana, she didn't have to go into um, fields full of mines. She didn't have to go and hug and kiss um, babies and children and that were very, very, you know, had serious illnesses and diseases. She didn't have to do any of that. She chose to do that because she was a really lovely person. And I'm sticking to that because I... The only fairy tale wedding I ever saw in my life, in real life, on telly, I mean, was Princess Diana and Prince Charles's wedding when I was a kid. That is the only royal family, the only royal wedding that I will ever remember. Because I was in Wales on holiday. We watched it on a black and white telly outside the tent. That me and my family, I had, you know, three brothers, a couple of parents, and we sat there. It's a beautiful day watching the whole thing and it was beautiful it was wonderful and I was I mean I don't even know what year it was what was it 1980 so I was about 10 9 or 10 I was 82 I think it was 8 it was something anyway but I was I was young and I've seen every other wedding only every other pretty much every royal wedding since and the what's his name Prince Charles's brother Andrew Andrew and uh, Fergie when they got married in 1987 I watched that in the chip shop because we were open we had the TV, moved the TV downstairs in the chip shop and there was hardly anybody out because that was a huge event as well so I remember that, but it didn't match Prince Charles and Princess Diana for me, just personally. And the only other really, I mean, there's been two big weddings, um, Prince William and Prince Harry. And the Prince William one was like a massive thing. And I, I did watch them on telly. And, you know, it's... There's a feel, there's a good feeling going on with that. But with Prince Harry's wedding, it left really, it felt wrong because what's her name? Prince Harry's wife, um, Madeline, or I forget her name, 
her mum was sitting on her own in the church because they had the family either side. Her mum was sitting on her own. And all I wanted to do was just... And I wanted to go into that church and just sit down next to her mum and give her a big hug or just hold her hand. Because... And I know that I'd have got shot if I'd have tried to get into that church. I realise that, but... The, the mother of the bride should have someone sitting next to her. And you know what? If I was... If I got married and the mother of my bride was sitting on her own, I would actually get her up with me. I'd get her to stand with us as we got married. Or I'd move her to the other side to sit with my family. But more than likely I'd try and just, I'd get her to sort of just get up and I'd hold her hand and cuddle her while I was getting married. can't leave her on her own especially not with the television cameras and she was there there's no one either side of her just sitting there on her own see what Prince Charles should have done I do believe this and I'm not in a position to tell anyone what they should do but you know what he would have been my hero if he'd have got up walked across and sat next to her and just gave her a big hug. And either sat there with her or just grabbed her hand and pulled her, not pulled her, but led her over to the other side to sit with him and his wife. That, for me, it would have made it perfect. Or if Prince William... And his wife had gone and sat either side of her. Just gone the other side. She shouldn't have been sitting there on her own. I find that, I found that upsetting. She deserved more than that. She's, she, Megan, that's it. She, Megan's, she was, she's Harry's mother now. His mother-in-law. She's the person that gave birth to the love of his life. I realise this isn't particularly topical now because it was about 10 years ago, but never mind. <laughs> if I ever met her, you know what? I'd rather meet her than Megan. I'd rather meet Megan's mum just to give her a big hug and tell her exactly what I had said there. I said, I wish I'd been there so I could have given you a big hug and held your hand during that wedding. That's what I'd like to say to her. Anyway, that's enough for me. <laughs> so remember, <laughs> remember to be kind to yourself. Remember to be kind to yourself because you deserve to be happy. In fact, do something 
kind for yourself today. Doesn't matter what it is, as long as it doesn't have to cost any money, doesn't have to take up any time. Just whatever it is, just be kind. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a bit of time, a bit of space. Be kind to yourself. Lots of love. Bye.